0: I'm gonna dab on him. Just dab on him.
1: <sighs> Alright,
0: three. Let's whip and then dab.
1: <laughs> Superman that hoe.
0: Tired. Shot chaser. Wired. <laughs> whip dab.
1: <clears throat> three. Oh boy. Uh. Hello, and welcome to Spall Talk, the only podcast where two siblings talk about the life and career of Timothy Spall. I'm Neil Jacoby. i
0: dab jokes until you crack up.
1: I'm Neil Jacoby, here with my Karl Marx-looking gremlin Eric Jacoby. gotten me. F- and we've got in the studio today legendary German idealist philosopher
2: Georg Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel. Hegel, me. what the heck is an Alphabung anyway? Uh, well, it's an Alphabung, uh, and it means the resolution of contradictions, my friend. Hmm.
0: Can you please can you please take a second to just fucking explain dialectics cuz I don't get
2: it at all <laughs> Yeah sure do you, do you really want me to do that Please Okay um so you can cut uh, it it out not, of it's not the show it's, later it's, I just want to learn It's not actually Hegel it's it's Hegel I mean I, they, they lied to you it's Hegel Bond I, they couldn't get the real one uh, uh that's a little too expensive um his 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 appearance fees are like Kardashian level uh, but um yeah no the um dialectics basically so like if you take two opposites right um it, it's easiest to kind of explain people will give you like the master slave dialectic and that could really work as a, a good primer but also it's problematic and because it's about slaves um but uh you think about like something like form and content right um, you're reading a novel or a poem or whatever um And you look at two opposing things, form versus content. They're two completely opposite things. They contradict each other. Uh, Form, uh, you start looking at the poem, and you say, well, the form is like this 12-line poem, and then say it's a sonnet. There's a 12-line poem, uh, uh, three quartets, and uh, uh, a rhyming couplet at the end. Um, And then you say, but actually, the content of the poem, those three rhyming – those three uh, quartets – produce one thing. And then the rhyming couplet is an ironic turn at the end. That's the Shakespearean sonnet. And so all of a sudden, as you're thinking about it, really, the analysis of the poem starts bringing form and content together. And once you actually make an analysis of the poem, that's like sort of interesting or um, in Hegel's version aesthetic, um, you resolve the dialectic. Uh, Suddenly, it's not form versus content. It's a poem right does that make sense like it basically it's like two opposing things if you look at them long enough start to appear the same thing like the master and the slave the slave looks to be the master the slave and the master look different the master becomes the slave because he can't live without the slave the slave becomes the master because he controls the like if the master lives or dies if he like runs away the master can't live anymore that sort of thing
0: so wait does that mean that the meme page things that are not aesthetic is actually, like, a Hegelian thing. <laughs> it's not just, like—because yeah. I thought it was just, like, the way people on, on the online use aesthetic, but—
2: I, I it think is it is. I, I, I have a hard time with that one. I think I think there's some, like—it it might be—I don't know how smart that page is. I, I go back and forth. Um, I will say— I am, the, the, I'm the strongly anti-meme, so— <laughs> the film we're covering today is is like if you want to imagine uh, this as a version of hegelian uh, dialectics you can uh, it's giving you a little too much uh, uh, a little too much credit but if you want to think uh, you know uh, right side up world is one pole right side down world is the other and kirsten dunst prego is uh the the Hebung of the movie then you know go for it i was about to
1: say that that explanation of the dialectic sounded a lot like, uh, deconstruction, but it also sounded a lot like Upside Down, the 2013 film directed by Juan Solanas that we're covering today on Small Talk with Trevor Strunk. Trevor, where might we know you from on the online?
2: Oh, boy, um, oh, too much anymore, uh, because I'm just constantly... The other day I got a headache, and I realized it's because I've been staring at a computer for 20 hours. Oops. Um, yeah, that's okay. Um, it's fun, though. I, uh, I'm at Hagelbon on Twitter, um... I, uh, I sometimes write a baseball prospectus. I don't know how much people, uh, online care about baseball, but I write there. Um, you probably, know in my from...
1: experience, in my experience, people online care a lot about baseball.
2: It really depends on the, it depends on the audience, but you're right. <laughs> uh, but you probably know me most from, uh, No Cartridge, uh, my podcast about video games, uh, that just turned a year old. So, um, been doing that for a while and yeah, posting, doing podcasts, stuff like that. Um, podcast called The Dirty Inning. If you do like baseball about, uh. Terrible Phillies innings with uh, Justin Clue. So you might know me from there.
1: We might also also know you from that one tweet where it's like a
2: yeah Skip, Stephen A Smith. You know yeah. I am sensitive to the Holocaust. Yeah, that's but, actually I should have said that. That's actually where you will know me from. That's where everyone knows me from. But <laughs> but <laughs> oh, but as we've as we've said,
1: we're today we're covering upside down. And uh, before we get into any sort of summary of the film, Trevor Strunk, There's a question that we ask all of our guests. What is your favorite Carly Rae Jepsen song?
2: Oh boy, um, I you know honestly I'm not a, a big Jepsen head. Uh, I don't know all the I don't know all the hits. I actually I don't know all the B sides. I don't even know all the hits either. Um, so I'll probably just go with Call Me Maybe. That's the one I know. That's the one I'm familiar with. It's the one I've enjoyed the most. The one I've listened to the most. So um, probably go with that. But with the caveat that uh, so many people have told me. Um, on pitchfork and off pitchfork, then I should listen to more Carly Ray Jepson and um I don't know, probably I'd like other songs better.
0: Alright. And uh since you're a guest just don't believe me when I say that Carly Ray Jepsen is good. They're <laughs> like, is this a joke? Are you doing this ironically? And I'm like, how fucking dare you say that to me? <laughs> no, I'm, I
2: I I hear you, man. Like I, I um I like unironically, very unironically like bands that people I think People, I think, only imagine you can like Ironically. Like, I'm a big Steely Dan fan.
1: Oh, they're Uh, great.
2: Yeah, they're super good. Um, But people are like, oh, is that just, like, a dad thing? Are you, like, doing a bit? Like, no, I just (laughs) really like this band. I was fucking
0: talking to my coworkers about Smash Mouth today. So I feel. (laughs) I used to like them Ironically, and then Neil and I and my girlfriend saw Smash Mouth in person. And now it is not ironic anymore.
1: For free at a state fair. (laughs) At a state fair. They played some Van Halen, and I think that's the moment where I really, I I got turned on them, because Van Halen is my, like, sort of considered trashy band that I really sincerely love.
2: They're pretty good. Like, I remember listening to the first track on Van Halen's 2, and it is like, it's a serious track. Um, I was surprised. Um, here's a, here's an origin story moment for me. Uh, I don't know if I've told this online or not, but I, uh... When I was younger, I was in a bunch of choirs. I have the singing voice. I'm not trained anymore, so don't ask me to sing. But, uh, yeah, I was um, literally about to. Yeah, please don't. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm sure there's recordings of me somewhere singing online. But, like, the, um, I was in a children's choir, and uh, there, was a, there was a thing where Celine Dion was having a concert, and uh, she wanted a children's choir so you could audition for it. I had to send in a tape. Um, and so I, I auditioned for it, and I um, – I picked songs to audition with and I forget what the one song was. It was a more traditional, like whatever, like a pop song or something like that. But the (laughs) other song I did, I auditioned for and my dad just for whatever reason did not um, uh, uh, veto me on was Smash Mouth's Walking on the Sun. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) I did not, I did not get in
0: the the choir.
2: So I know all the lyrics to Smash Mouth's Walking on the Sun. And just like passion. It's a fashion
1: for the with it and hip passion it's a
2: fashion for the with it and hip yeah it's it stays in your head forever you can never forget it
1: yeah but as i was about to say as our guest uh you've got first crack so would you like to try summarizing this film in less than a minute
2: (laughs) okay uh tell me when you start uh now upside down is the story of double earth basically there's two earths one on top of the other uh one has gravity that pulls well, they both have gravity that pulls down, but the perspective is different. So one pulls down and one pulls up. Uh, the, a boy on the down planet falls in love with a girl on the up planet. She falls down, hurts her head, forgets all about him. Flash forward, I don't know, 15 years later, the boy's life has been ruined, but he's in the poor area in... Down earth sees the girl in rich up earth, and all sorts of hijinks ensue as he gets a job at her company and falls back in love with her and has a baby. That is within a minute. One yes. could
0: say that this is a story all about how <laughs> his life got flipped, turned upside down. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: That's true. You took less than a minute as we sat right here. <laughs> I'm not going any further with that. Of Balin.
1: <laughs> 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 That's so
2: accurate, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, as our guest, you've got you know
2: guest privilege. Would you like to for- give your first a spalling moment or spall wonder? Oh sure. So my first, uh, I'll give a spall wonder because I don't want to. I don't want to jump exactly to the end of the film. But uh, my spall wonder in this, uh, I feel like I should. Ca- I should add the caveat that. I really disliked everything about this film, um, except, and, like, I, I'll even go so far, people, people compliment this movie on, like, its cinematography and stuff. I'm gonna go so far as saying, like, there were some interesting images, but mostly it just felt like a ripoff of, um, Inception that was, like, not as inspired in in any real way, (laughs) uh, so I had a real hard time with this movie, but I will say Timothy Spall was wonderful in it, um. And his accent is my first ball wonder because uh, he is – he has this very complicated accent that's kind of an American accent with a bit of – sounds almost like a bit of Slavic in it. Like there, there's some sort of like uh, – there's some sort of I don't I don't quite know what it is, but it, it's very real in that way, right? Like he embodies this character, and there are like moments in his acting where like he's so into the accent that I wondered if it was like a um, a method acting choice. Because there's a point at which like he's talking and he just starts laughing and speaking as if like you know it was caught in like candid camera at a time where Spall was just on set being himself. It's it's really remarkable.
0: All right. Uh, I'm yeah, gonna he go never for my slips in this accent, which is he's not always um accomplished in the past. to kill a killer job on this one.
2: Yeah, I've I you know, I've watched I watch a lot of um watch a lot of British mysteries, um, which my share. And <laughs> like I've seen every episode of Midsummer Murders, which is like probably over a hundred hour and a half episodes of a mystery show. So like you know, as some people consume entire anime box sets, I consume dry British mysteries for old people. But um, Anytime a British person does an American accent, you can tell instantly. Oh, for sure. They're terrible at it. Just like we're terrible at doing British accents. But, like, Spall, if I didn't know anything else about him, I would have said, like, oh, yeah, that's that's just, like, that guy's—that's that guy's voice.
1: Oh, wow, 100 episodes. That's, like, 50 seasons.
2: (laughs) It is—it is 22 series long. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, there's an episode of
0: The Office with uh, Idris Elba attempting to do an American accent, and, uh, listen, I respect the man. And, and because I respect him so much, I'm not going to say anything more about that role, because there's not much...
2: Uh... But, like, once you know, it does get a little hard sometimes.
1: Yeah. Little... Uh, I'm going to give my small wonder, and which I am pretty sure will cause Eric to bring in his a small moment, but uh, as Adam, the main character of this film is trying to get in touch with Eden, the woman that he fell in love with, uh, and they, you know, work at the same company, uh, he gets this bright idea to sneak into the upper-level floors by pretending to be Bob. And he makes this this sort of suit that weighs him down in up-world up downness. <laughs> I, <laughs> he, he increased his downness. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, he goes up to the the positive level floors of this big trans world building, which acts as like the umbilical cord between these two Earths. And in the opening credits, it, it it looks like they're like two planet Earths. But for all we can see in the actual film, it's basically like an Earth sandwich. And yeah. I, I, I'm really not sure
2: how how that building Bolts, is not being ripped sandwich apart sandwich? by no. the gravity of two different planets. So I watched I watched a um I, I know I'm cutting you off in your spall moment but like I watched a, a a YouTube of this like I did not uh I did not purchase this film uh, it's on YouTube for free if anyone wants to submit uh to uh submit to hell or like walk backwards into hell um <laughs> but like uh the the one commenter was like well this could theoretically be possible if in fact both earths were synced in terms of their <laughs> and it was no. like no <laughs> I who like really are invested in like how the physics of this movie work um, what I think is happening is that uh, uh, what is it Transplanet, trans planet trans world which, is, like, which add...
1: I'm honestly surprised is not like a, a gender based online store
2: yeah Like that. And they have like they add trans to everything and you're like man you just like you did not see the big picture when you made this movie <laughs> yeah not even a little bit yikes uh. Um, but, like, it's, um, I think it's just at that, I think, like, that's the only place they touch. Um, but then again, that doesn't make sense, because there's that mountain, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that that mountain where uh, Adam and Eden originally meet, and Eden ends up getting amnesia, because he he accidentally drops her onto her own planet while trying to to drop, to raise drop a
2: rope (laughs) towards her. He doesn't (sighs) accidentally... Be fair, he gets shot. Yeah, yeah in yeah. fairness. Uh, he gets
1: shot, shot. and that and that causes him to lose his grip. Yeah. He I, gets I, shot. I mean, accidentally drops her as opposed to intense, intentionally. Well, he gets sure. shot, that
0: and then sure. the search party who is going after him and shooting him, I suppose, just sort of goes, mission accomplished, and goes home, because it's never explored past there.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. later <laughs> so on, they, he's they just they living a normal like, life. And then, and his aunt, maybe just like, hey, how dare you uh, talk to I, someone. I, yeah, forget
0: that yeah yeah i his his aunt
2: gets murked slash kidnapped question mark is her name i think just like in full house
1: (laughs) but uh back to my small wonder he he increases his downness and goes into the uh right into the upper level floors and uh he tries to have a conversation with, with her and this is when he realizes that she has amnesia and so because of the uh the, the, I believe it's the third rule of double gravity, which is that uh, matter from one world when touching, excuse me, matter from another world starts increasing in uh, in heat. It starts burning up. He, he starts burning up and he has to go to the bathroom to, you know, put some water on himself. And uh, while he is trying to be, uh, you know, inconspicuous in this bathroom, he goes over to the urinal and tries to pee in it and is just like a shot from the chest up and you see the stream of pee just flying up towards the ceiling and, and he's just looking awkwardly at the ceiling and there's like another guy in the bathroom with him and he's hoping that the guy doesn't notice that there's piss on the ceiling <laughs> and then and then as the piss spreads across the ceiling it goes towards what i assumed was like a smoke alarm but apparently it like it's it. something else maybe it's the it's a piss alarm <laughs> because when the piss hits it it starts just blaring like warning piss emergency <laughs> and it's... i i i just loved that that is one moment in this film where these these rules that they set up Lead towards uh, a, a, a even a slightly entertaining
2: outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like not to be crude about it, but you gotta wonder what um what is what is Dong look like at that moment, right? Like <laughs> what is going on there? Does it like is it lifted? Does it lift up, or is it, like is it like rounding around and going up? Like does
0: he <laughs> it- have a small weight that he put on his dick to make sure that it.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like a little beard or like I, a, a It's little, like, like wanted the piss is curving. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it has to be.
0: <laughs> like how you like how you can curve a, like a bullet, but he's like
2: I also like it's it's kind of incredible. Like his his stream must be pretty weak cuz like, you know, you think about like the for any of the any of our female or our our listeners with uh, with the vagina who are listening uh, this is going to be harder but to imagine but if you have a penis it's like if you point it upward you can pee in the air it like it just comes down because of gravity but like if there were a toilet above you you would hit it and the drops would come down right like he is so close to the urinal but the whole stream goes up I gotta say, this is,
0: like, the worst episode of Burn Notice. <laughs> have a few
1: <laughs> I learned something about peeing when I was a
2: spy. <laughs> I just, like, I, I didn't even think about it until we brought this up, but, like, there is a lot of, there are a lot of questions about the physics of this.
1: Where are the Mythbusters when you need them? Pissbusters.
0: <laughs> Gra- oh, that's an like episode Taylor. title.
1: You know what? Come to actually
0: think of it, this is not the first movie we watched where one of the Spall wonders has involved this.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, w- I, don't, I don't remember that. Could you enlighten me, please?
0: Uh, for those dedicated listeners, uh, you may remember that in the film Rockstar, Timothy Spall oh. plays a roadie and he tells Mark Wahlberg this story about leaving his boring life to become a roadie, in which he tells to his, I believe his wife, uh, you know, he 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 goes to take a piss, and then just, he's standing there pissing, and then he realizes, I'm not happy in my life, and so he walks away. He just leaves all, and he's recounting this story to Mark Wahlberg later, and then Mark Wahlberg, when he decides to walk away from the band, Tim Spall is like, where are you going? And he just looks him in the eyes and goes, I'm gonna go take a piss. <laughs> and they understand each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is... That's a good piss moment in it's the It's much the, more the, time history. on
2: the screen. Do you guys think that Timothy Spall added those moments into the script? These <laughs> <Needs more laughs> Do you piss think he's it. just good at writing uh, around P?
1: <laughs> I. I, I I think it's much uh it's it's a much more simple answer that, you know, pee P is a universal experience. You can't find someone out there who hasn't peed, and so, you know, all these screenwriters they're coming fo- they are coming towards these pee moments independently of one another. Mm-hmm. It is it is the human condition of urine. Two
0: right into Spalltalk if you've never pissed, we want to hear your story.
2: You should also write into Spall. I mean, I won't be able to answer it, but you should write into Spall Talk and uh, talk about if you don't understand uh, the physics of peeing upward. And uh, and I believe Neil and Eric will explain it further to you.
1: We have diagrams. And that's talking about Timothy Spall at gmail.com.
2: <laughs> so, Eric, explain your a Spalling moment. I'm interested in how this my, lines up.
1: My
0: Spalling moments. So uh, So, there's this scene in this film. Um, he weighs himself down with his, his gravity clothing. And this is when the screenwriters decide that they kind of don't have to think about gravity anymore. Because the <laughs> way I was thinking about it is that he's, he can still walk in the, in the upside-down world. But his gravity would still be affecting him. So it would be like if you are uh, hanging upside-down. And if anyone who has ever been upside-down for a little bit of time knows it becomes incredibly unpleasant immediately. Yeah, rushes uh, I mean, to brain. your head. Yeah, so not only is he able to have a nice conversation and lunch and, you know, have a nice... He's able to consume food and drink without it being, like, you know, an issue. See, I thought of it as, like, the sensation of being weighed down would sort of be like when you're in a pool trying to stay underwater Mm. and they completely forget about that until he goes to the bathroom and the screenwriter's like wait a minute i know how (laughs) we can bust him let's make a piss joke how about he completely forgets that he's upside down even though gravity is still weighing on him and realistically he would be extremely aware of it at every moment as well, and his like food is trying to like undigest itself out of his esophagus. <laughs> he completely forgets about it until it's time to piss, and then he's like, "Oh wait a minute!" And then it, the goddamn piss sensor on the ceiling—that's explicitly there. <laughs> yeah, because they keep getting this people from the down below. This a problem that enough of these downworlders have come here to the bathroom and forgot
2: all about it, so they can piss. It's the downworlder's <laughs> one weakness.
0: It's become enough of a problem that they had to install a piss sensor because it doesn't go off and it's like, oh, there's something weird in there. It's like immediately like, hmm, unauthorized person. He's he's pissing and he shouldn't be. Get him out of here.
2: I think like the the thing that really weirds me out about what you're saying is that like, so they introduced this thing about how, I mean, the main conflict in the movie, which is is pointless, Um And as I said, we were talking about this off-air, like, they don't ever expand upon it in any interesting way. Uh, They sort of hint at thinking about it a little bit and then just, like, throw it away. But, like, is this—the fact that anything in the opposite gravity burns— I guess anything yeah. in the down gravity burns in the up gravity. Or maybe maybe it's both. Yeah, it's, both. It is, it's both. It is both. So, like, if you bring, I don't know, like, if I get a burrito from the up gravity and bring it down to Earth, uh, in, like, three hours the burrito is going to explode into flames Um, and vice versa.
0: You can even to put Tabasco on that.
2: Yeah, that's just <laughs> going to get way He's spicy. It's
1: hot it. you get bad.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. Ooh. I'll, also, you'd
1: have... Also, you'd have to eat the burrito upside down, like they do with those uh, those little gravity drinks.
2: Yeah. Oh, and can it I ask now them that, up I, inside. that exactly. I said this, what happens after he eats all that food at Cafe de like Dos Mundos or whatever?
1: Yeah, yeah. That that's just something they they never talk about.
2: They, <laughs> they ought to. They they deal with. I mean, they bring up. Bathroom stuff. They they show him going to the bathroom as a joke. That that opens the door.
0: I'd imagine him trying to take a dump. <laughs>
2: it's all like fire.
0: Just trying to take a dump in the upside down gravity.
2: Well, you just like you have to like you balance yourself like that. Uh, that gif of the guy uh, or that that image of the guy like drawn where he's like his feet are on the wall and his hands are on the uh, the door. And he's going both at once. You guys have seen this, right? People post it to like conservatives and stuff.
0: I, I, I don't I don't think you understand the central conflict of this, which is that the shit would not go into the toilet. I, no, I'm, no, no, imagined, no. I'm imagining I'm imagining him
1: upside down, down like Sam Fisher and Splinter Cell, just yes, triangle. Back, right.
2: Yeah. Neil Neil's getting it, yeah. <laughs> but where would he be shitting into? Because his shit would only go up. Yeah, it would float into the ceiling. Yes, but then he has to. <laughs> Problem,
0: but See, do the they have a poop is, sensor
2: like, on the well, ceiling? He's still, <laughs> what a feeling. I'm not saying he doesn't have a problem. I'm just saying it's physically possible. It no, it's possible like I him to but <laughs> not <through> the toilet.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> no, we would all have fewer problems.
2: <laughs> so here, look. look. Look,
0: if we were to just sit anywhere like animals, it would be a problem. <laughs> but we're taking it as a gift that he's a
2: civilized man. He's from the down world, apparently. They, uh, well, I'll save that. But the so, like, what I don't get here is there's like eight hundred little conflicts with the plan, right? Like you mentioned food, you mentioned like uh, blood rushing your head. Like there's eight hundred things that could be like wrong with just being in the upside down gravity. You don't need to introduce the burning thing. like you don't need a time limit you could just be like he's getting uncomfortable and has to go down or he'll die or whatever like yeah that's totally unnecessary
0: plus the thing about the burning (laughs) is that like it doesn't it 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 doesn't happen at all until a certain point and then it happens immediately
2: right and it can be stopped right like you can put it in water and it stops burning with uh, water has nothing to do with gravity you have to wonder like i guess is is this a chemical reaction is it a
0: I guess you just diffuse like the heat, but that water is also water from the opposite world, so it should still burn. <laughs> right.
2: Well, and, I like, like if you, if you like, if you set, if you, like, if you light uh, phosphorus on fire or whatever, you can't, like, throw water on it. Like, that's the point of a chemical spill. Like, it's a problem because you can't just, like, spray it with a hose. So yeah. you'd have to assume, like, if there's a chemical reaction, then it's a problem. If it's a physical reaction, then, I don't know, That that just creates more problems. Like, why that doesn't happen in gravity? Like, that's not anything that we know about gravity. And everything else in this film is, like, gravity as you know it, but there are two Earths maybe i'll
1: try defying gravity yeah. now, now that i think
0: about either it either edit well, that out or auto-tune it or something because i do not know it was that really was good. bad it was really
2: uh, good what, adina what a person... Mazzella, everyone
0: adele that's me
2: uh, adina
1: menzel's second after. appearance on spall talk uh but what, a, what was a she person...
0: enchanted or something when yeah yeah first? she was oh, uh, yeah.
1: the the guy from mm. regular non-disney person earth's fiance i remember now yeah but anyway, when a person from, uh, down below Earth, if he was on the other side of right-side up Earth, would the gravity attracting him to his, uh, home planet just act like regular gravity? Because, you know, to pull him towards his home planet, it would be, you know, through the right-side up Earth or whatever?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when he falls into the ocean, right?
1: <laughs> I,
2: I- From, like, that, 800 feet up or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, should have fucking died.
1: I- That- that that sort of seems to buttress my assertion that this does not actually represent two planets, but it's just like a, a flat Earth sandwich.
2: I think you're you've right. It's got, I
1: mean, it you've got an be. up Earth and a down Earth, and they are they are planes that connect at two spaces at the uh, at the uh, Transworld building and this mountain place, which means that there like, are two spaces on this like plane where they are like a, a decent amount of close to each other. Ugh.
2: What happens on the other side of the earth? They just yeah. have no idea. Well there is no other side of the earth. I think I think I think Neil's right. Like I think there's only two sides and like it's it's like the medieval drawings of Earth where like down thirty feet is hell and there's uphill and downhill, which is gonna be really <laughs> hard for for Adam and Eden when they are separated once again in Hades. St. <laughs> oh, Peter's yeah, just at the
1: gates of heaven just Shot upside down.
2: <laughs> he's just like, he's like, oh man, I wish I was in up heaven with uh other St. Peter, but uh I would burn up there and he would burn down here because uh, physical properties matter in heaven. I, no, I mean, like, so can I, I, I think like these two earths are like not worked out in a number of ways. And the one way is like the racism, right? Like there's like racism or discrimination against. Yeah. yeah. But there is, is uh... a sort
1: of like colonial Manichean system of, like, upworlder and downworlder as, like, these opposed forces.
2: But, like, the actual sort of, like, okay, so, like, the economics of it are, I mean, They're such as they are. Colonialists. Yeah, they work out. Like, you are sort of, like, okay, like, they steal the oil from the earthers and resell yeah. it to them. Like, okay, fine, I get it. Fine, you take whatever.
0: the raw materials, you transform it into a new product, and you sell that sell product back. back to the people you stole the,
2: the uh, raw materials from. It's like, all right, I get that. But then there's, like, there's, like, a sort of social bigotry, too, which doesn't make sense, or, or it does make sense, but it's not worked out. So, like, remember in the... Um, oh, in yeah, yeah, the... is
1: that beauty cream for uh for Halloween? Oh, downworlders have different standards of beauty.
2: Yeah, they, they think the ugly people are beautiful, and it's like, what? I like and how they never... couldn't... I like
1: how they couldn't
0: just leave it as, oh, they have different standards of beauty, which is in and of itself a shitty remark. They have to be like, <laughs> they think the ugly people look good and good people look ugly. You see that episode of the of the Upside Down Twilight Zone where they have the big creature? That's what it's like on the Down Below Earth. Ha 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 ha. ha. Then they walk away.
2: Yeah, like that, that woman who might have been in Psycho, but you don't really know because a lot of people in the 60s kind of looked the same uh, Yeah. <laughs> would have been pretty to to us but not to, yeah right but like it's they can't even think of another slur like they can't even think of another thing that's discriminatory the only thing is yeah in in the down below uh they're poor and also everyone's ugly and that's why we don't like them it's like that's you, you've created a whole fantasy world and my spalling moment is they didn't think through the racism at all and they had such an opportunity to like make the upworlders seem more evil um and they just whiffed on it.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the, like the divide between them is expressed aesthetically like, oh down below, it kind of looks like 1920s like a, a poor place in the 1920s or like a factory town and up there, it it has zeppelins and also like cable cars and it kind of looks like the the citadel from Mass Effect. It's like <laughs> it's... it's like mixing cyberpunk and steampunk and it's just this this discord is like playing a an aesthetic tritone.
2: It's yeah. like R. A. Salvatore presents uh, a Bruce Springsteen album.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, they this does the thing that a lot of YA novels will do, where it's like. Let's take this real world problem, usually racism, and put it in a way that uh, kids can understand by making it supernatural and also everybody involved is white.
1: (laughs) It's not even supernatural, uh... it's like fake scientific. Yeah, that's that's the problem.
2: Well, the, the best part of it is it's scientific, and he starts off with saying, here are the three rules. Which, like, you're going to yeah. set up a whole system of physics, and it has three rules. It's like, all oh, right. Holy
1: shit. I, holy I, that shit. opening sequence, that opening sequence where they explain, oh, this is the scientific system, and it's got three rules. That's my spalling moment, because it's presented in, like, a... So the first image of the movie is this, like, sort of blue and purple sort of nebula thing with, like, a, a triangle in it. And my first thought was, like, mm. oh... Th- this looks like a Muse album and then, and then it started doing these like, little graphics to like illustrate oh, this is double gravity and inverse matter, and I was like, I- I've never opened a Coheed and Cambria album in my life, but this looks like it should be the liner notes to like Amory Wars 6.9 The Punishment Due or some shit
2: Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure, I, I listened Co-heed. to Coheed and Cambria for a couple years and you're right
1: Coheed and Cambria are where the worst
0: British
2: people went to school <laughs> Now who's being classist? No, yeah, like, it's it, it that beginning is like... So the one thing I'll say just off the bat, uh, and I hope this doesn't derail it, but the other movie that I've seen do this exact strategy for um, explaining how things work in the world is uh, Boss Baby, uh, <laughs> which I've watched 800 times with my daughter, and... Uh, and it is, like, they just explain how babies are born at the beginning by way of saying, like, no, 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 it's not how you think. There's, like, a whole system of, like, here's how we get middle management baby. And I have to tell you, without any irony in my heart, Boss Baby does it about a million times better. it's like, at least in Boss Baby, it's, like, they sort of say, yeah, I know this is ridiculous, like, just kind of bear with me a little bit, because it's a kid's movie. But in this one, not only is it oversimplified, but somehow it is also too didactic at the same time. (laughs) Like, it's like, just like, you're sitting down, he's like, okay, here are the three rules. It's like, oh jeez, like can I just skip the tutorial? Like, I, just, I don't wanna, I don't wanna listen to this boring lecture about the three rules. Like I just want, it made me want to cut class.
1: Oh god, and like the 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 accent Jim Jim Sturgis is using is just, oh my god, it's like it, it's like he's narrating a, a YouTube tutorial. Awful. Okay, this this is how you get the third star in Tony Hawk Underground two. <laughs> Eight
0: eight simple rules for dating in my teenage YA
1: novel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it, I mean that that was that, and I we, I was talking about this beforehand. Like that plus a number of moments in the film where like they just shoot out exposition. Like Neil, I think you mentioned one earlier, or I mean maybe it was you, Eric, that like the they just say yeah, you, like um uh she has amnesia, like that's her amnesia acting up. Yeah, yeah. Anytime there can be any sort of misunderstanding or like romantic comedy beat or like something that'll be awkward or difficult, they're just like, or like, so like at the end of the movie, this is the other spalling moment I had where like the, at the end of the movie, uh, they solve the gravity problem somehow, um, and, I, didn't uh, you see
1: uh, Timothy Spall mix the the dust into a fish bowl be, and be, then you, shake oh, up man. the two fish bowls using that fucking Tom Cruise and cocktail gimmick that yeah. uh, that Adam showed him. So shake them up and pull them apart, and and the fish is just floating in a oh, big like the binding of CGI. Isaac blood you bubble.
0: Make, you make this coction that is essentially uh, to imagine what it looks like um, lean, <laughs> <laughs> and then you sip on that lean. I know. I,
2: I, it's like cherry lean they didn't it's, actually like can you imagine a world where someone would make that and not immediately think like I can make this sweet and alcoholic and make uh, you know as much as a small country.
1: Uh, well, yeah,
0: <laughs> right but Timothy Spall is a good man. He wouldn't right. do that.
1: He
2: does buy the Well, patent, I mean, though. he
1: does own the patent, so he could do that in Upside Down 2,
2: Upside Boogaloo. They, did you see, did you, the, the absolute gall Spall. Of them teasing, the absolute Spall, of them teasing a sequel.
1: Uh, that's the, uh, I'm pregnant bit. Well, well so that was my Spall moment.
0: this Jesse McCartney looking ass motherfucker is like, <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's a story for another time that's right yeah you're like better fucking not be
2: (laughs) so this is like your idea is this is going to be so successful that we're going to do the upside down revolutions movie or whatever (laughs) but another upside down like actually up is the prequel to upside down (laughs) (laughs) but no like the the last part like so spall and um and sturgis solve the problem right um and a bob and adam solve the problem and uh somehow and eden comes down and and meets uh uh, adam and he's like super happy and in any normal movie like this would be the moment where you get hope and then there's another complication but in this movie it's just solved she goes he goes like well so he's talking to spall and he says how long does it last he's like about an hour right now but we'll work that out and then Eden comes down, and you're like, oh, well, they'll only be able to hang out for an hour, but yeah, okay, they get together. And she goes, no, 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 I can stay down here forever. It's because I'm pregnant. <laughs> it's like, we're having twins. It's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Yeah,
0: and she's legitimately like, yeah, uh, Bob says it's, a, it's uh, because I'm pregnant. Uh, so that sounds plausible. He said he I'm said cool you know that. Uh, how that worked it's
1: like, yeah, you know yeah Bob that uh expert in computer programming and uh upside down
2: gynecology yeah it's uh it, her <laughs> it's, uterus is pulling her down to earth um it, it really
1: and then also
2: does. like and then like and then the breast milk pulls her down to earth and then after all <sighs> that's over though it's it's a real problem. <laughs> Hopefully, I, hopefully, Bob has the formula worked out. Upside really down gynecology
1: up. is one of those majors that reactionaries are like, "Oh, these college <laughs> liberals studying <laughs> upside down gynecology and not something practical like like business." Upside <laughs> down
2: gynecology is yeah. the subtitle to uh, not upside down XXX. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they really do
0: the uh, the um, comic book thing where anybody who's like good at anything is good at everything. Right. Like, if you're good at any type of science, you know all of
2: science. It's like the Batman problem.
1: <laughs> I, Bob is basically the, the Reed Richards of this movie after he gets fired. Bob is also,
2: like, is like the king of opening his door in the same outfit to strangers who want to <laughs> yeah. come yeah. in.
1: It, it's like, it's like after he got fired, he just started watching a bunch of self-help videos on YouTube and just learned a whole bunch of skills in the space of a cut.
2: He just became lawful, good Howard Hughes. <laughs> you, you, know,
1: you know, I heard about this guy on YouTube, and he said he said to clean your room, bucko. And guess what? I'll clean my room, and guess what I found? The secret to solving gravity. He's
2: not British. He's not British. <laughs> he could be. He could be. Yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, the, every every bit of this movie, I was, I was talking to my wife about it, and, like, I was saying, so the one thing I thought was really interesting, and I'm sorry if I'm talking too much. I just, I have a lot to say about this movie, so stop me if I am. Um, but the one thing about this movie that was so amazing to me was, like, I was watching a bad movie again, and it wasn't a bad movie that I chose to watch. It's not like I was like, oh, cool, like um, Night of the Creeps is on Netflix. That's a cool B movie. I'll watch that. Or like, you know, it's not a movie that I was disappointed in. Like, I went and I was like, well, it could have been better. It was like a movie that did nothing for me. And it's been so long since I watched those because everything's curated for us now. Like, everything is just like... Like I don't know, you you two probably are too young to remember this. Uh, I'm just kidding. But like, you know, in like the 90s and early 2000s, like I would say a good half of the movies you went to go see on a whim were like that. They're just terrible. Um, mm-hmm. And it was an interesting experience coming back to it. And I was trying to explain it. I was like, it's it's like anytime something might happen, it doesn't. Like the film the film <laughs> yeah. comes up with some way to say like, yeah, remember that conflict we set up? Don't don't worry about that conflict we set up. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know you're. I know you're expecting something to happen here, but like, don't don't sweat it. It's like we just we resolved it for you. Just enjoy the ride. It's like it's a like, ride to where?
0: <laughs> it's like the thing about um writing, where that it's much easier to ride a beginning than an ending, or like the thing about life, where it's much better to create a problem than solve that problem.
1: <laughs> right. Also called Silicon Valley.
2: Hey you. I mean, this is this is we all agree. This is just like. This is classic auteur failing stuff, right? Because the director wrote anime for like this.
1: Yeah, yeah. This this seems like this... I, I looked into uh, the rest of his career, and he, this seems to be like his big English language debut, Ugh. and he has done nothing after this, so, like, this, this, is a, this is a Kinka Usher moment. <laughs> Kinka Usher, by the way, is the director of the King 1999 Usher? film Mystery Men, which is one of my favorite uh... movies, but was a financial failure.
2: Yeah, it was a weird movie. It was really ahead of its time. I mean, this that's, like, the thing, though, like, movies like this are often just, like, you watch it, and you're like, oh, that was ahead of its time, or, oh, it just missed its audience, or something like that. Like, there's nothing in here that's good. Uh,
1: I, I i feel like its audience is, like, the first five people to buy an Owl City album in 2012.
2: <laughs> its audience is, is my friend who, uh, when we were in high school, I we went to a field of fireflies, um me him and this girl i was dating
0: talking, um uh,
2: it literally we was it was before the song fireflies came out uh, he's uh he's owl city now
0: <laughs> but, uh, but he, no, we i love up, his twitter account but i'm not a fan of his music you love his twitter
2: account yeah. um, i don't
0: know i haven't checked in a while but back in the day he had a pretty good twitter
2: yeah Isn't him and john's
0: <laughs> son uh, oh god damn
2: it
1: just like, i've been you.
2: owned i'm out of here <laughs> Uh, but we we stood by the field and um, my girlfriend at the time was like, why don't we see things like this more often? And he goes, doesn't miss a beat. He's like two years older than us. He goes, because it would break our hearts. <laughs> I, like, I don't know how old I was. I think I was like 18. And even at that point, I was like... Good lord! On, Get me out of here.
1: Uh the, the audience for this movie is the ethereal tag on deviant art, and that—that <laughs> that is the perfect expression of it. That moment.
0: <laughs> this is okay. Much like Carly Rae Jepsen's album "Kiss" is the most 2012-like piece of music that has ever been created, this might be the most 2012 piece of cinema that's been created. It They both together completely encapsulate, like, the sort of pop music that was going around then and the sort of youth culture that you kind of had. Because it's it's very, I don't know if this was pre-show dialogue or if I already said this, but it's it's like a, a sky from Skyrim. Mm. Like, it looks pretty good, but once you actually look at it, given the benefit of hindsight, it's just, like, CGI and trying to make something uh, resembling an actual... You know what I mean? I, yeah, it's like a screensaver. Exactly. It's like a screensaver. And much like the album Kiss could be better than it is if it wasn't released in a time when everyone was making such horrible choices. Um, <laughs> like, in the example of Kiss, every almost every single song in that fucking album has the uh, build, pause, drop... Structure because it oh, came sweet. out in the summer that, that everybody thought they liked dubstep. <laughs>
2: um this the summer everyone heard that song by the Beastie Boys, uh, Intergalactic, where they go, Beastie Boys, No Until At The Beat, and then they pause for a bunch and then say, drop. DROP! <laughs> it's,
0: it's the song that everyone heard, uh, Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites, and then they heard uh, another Squillax song that they also liked, which was the same song. <laughs> and they didn't notice it.
2: it was just before everyone realized it was the same so. <laughs>
0: for sure um if it had been released later and they hadn't made those choices that were so popular just like halfway through this movie i realized that a large part of the reason i i couldn't connect with it at all was because the color grading was god awful mm-hmm. like so much of this movie is just blue like it yeah. looks like it's blue filter day for night
1: And the rest of it is this
0: technicolor, you know, cotton candy kind of look. uh, Yeah, yeah. If they had just colored it more like what it would realistically look like, it would probably be a lot more interesting visually.
1: It's like a shitty version of the Spalltalk color scheme. It's like that (laughs) pink pollen pink and that fun dip uh, blue raspberry fun dip blue. Just like these two sick versions of the colors we use for every episode cover
0: sort of like um the spall talk design theme is a spring break t-shirt uh the theme of this film is like oh a, it's uh, like if you uh, that took... horizon shirt
1: <laughs> it's like if you took a spring break t-shirt and put it in a minor key
2: <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the thing though it's not a minor key like there's like there's so many moments like i i realized actually like maybe you know what it was i realized at that moment at the end where like he yeah, says I've and that's it. the end of the story i guess i'll never see uh, eden again because he's narrating the movie for all but 10 minutes of it and i realized like i realized it's the same problem with oklahoma right uh, eric you said you're you're a musical uh, fan right you've seen oklahoma
0: i've never been that far west
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well no uh, no you've been I've to been long, las vegas finish, yes but i've it, also never seen oklahoma Sorry. so in,
2: o- in oklahoma um there's, there's a there's a the, the, the villain of Oklahoma uh, is like trying to basically you know it's it's all it's all mixed up uh, identities and stuff it's Shakespeare stuff but like basically just like updated but like he he at the end um like confesses to his crime or it was like you know rounded up or whatever and he, he he runs off and later on they're like well he skipped town or like he comes back and they're they're all friends I can't remember how it ends but like I remember watching it and thinking like I sure hope. The first time I watched it, I was like, I sure hope it would be a really cool, like, it would be a really powerful ending if he had hung himself. And then everyone has to, like, account for their their crimes here, and, like, the way that their actions hung... impact things.
0: Yeah, and of himself in upside-down world, so he's, like,
2: <laughs> right Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, like,
0: but so it still has the should... fucking Technicolor, like, cotton candy scapegoat. <laughs>
2: background <laughs> but it's like his face is all of those weird glowing blues yeah that but like yeah, this, seriously though like this movie would have been so much better and not good but so much better if it had a sad ending right like why did it have a happy ending i mean see when
0: when i saw that i thought he was just gonna be like well i'll never see her again and i guess i just have to live with that and that would be the ending and i was like that'd be pretty good i can't imagine a, a version where he hangs himself and it doesn't look fucking ridiculous.
2: Now like, I, I wasn't think he him. should hang himself, although now I'm starting to think he should have. That would have been pretty good. They could have just like they could have just played the uh, a little like jaunty tune underneath as like a like he you know his body is just like drifting across the floor and then there's a sensor in the middle and like it just like <laughs> goes out of the sensor like Porky Pig style.
0: What he so, does is he just he he puts on a bunch of the other world clothes. And then he just sits there until he catches on fire, and it's like the Buddhist monks
2: <laughs> protesting and
1: does that in the city square of Grand Nice,
2: East. I like it. I like that. <sighs> I mean, Forget but there, it, there's Adam. So moment- there are so many Forget moments. Forget it, in-
1: Adam. It's upside down.
0: <laughs> Did we mention that their fucking names are Adam and Eden?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I, I mentioned that no, in I, passing, but we did not get into that fucking writing I've 101 done. as no, 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 this is 201. Like, they, they did a second pass, and we're like, Adam and Eve, that's a little
2: bit stock.
1: How can we change it to make it a little bit more unique?
2: It's pretty messed it's... up that they're having two kids, and they were going to be Cain and Abel, <laughs> and one of them's just going to murder the other one. <laughs> yeah yeah like,
1: one one is just gonna uh you know raise his hands up bring him down fire's gonna shoot out of the turnbuckles then he's gonna choke slam his brother for no the no, 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 Championship.
2: no no not not that cane <laughs> that cane isn't born yet upside down uh, wrestling is uh is like the third movie in the series <laughs> a different cane the cane
0: who becomes a newspaper magnate but this connects <laughs> to something that i've been thinking over and that we've covered a lot of movies that are like middle school hot topic kind of movies but this is like this is like a freshman and sophomore year of high school type of movie uh, Yeah, this you, is like a this is like a zoomies.
1: yeah it's it's like and the so uh, you're out it's of like the, the Vinyl school. rack at urban outfitters type of movie. <laughs> exactly
0: you're out of the middle school phase where you write a story and you know you're way into biblical symbolism so the characters that are loved their names are like fucking Michael and Lucifer, or whatever. <laughs> You've you l- <laughs> learned to tone it down a little bit, but like not enough. Yeah. And so you name them Adam and Eden, and your sort of like middle school cynicism has started to fade into this wide eyed optimism uh and that explains the stylistic shift
1: you have moved on from Blake to Wordsworth
2: <laughs> hang on hang on other way around uh no, okay I'm yeah sorry. yeah
1: Wordsworth to, Wordsworth to Blake yeah but.
2: <laughs> uh but in any well no, i i meant i like... meant
1: more in like uh, in terms of uh temperament
2: blake mm, is
1: okay. blake blake will write a thing about a bunch of monkeys ripping each other apart yeah and, and Wordsworth will write a, a sad thing about walking by a church yeah, no, you're
0: right. Uh, I like, hate It's a dragon uh, paintings that are in the book Red Dragon, and that's all I know about this. Thanks for your time.
2: <laughs> the like the the I mean, how many times in the script do you think the director writer like included like a winking emoji? Like there's so many moments <laughs> where it's like, way more clever than half. Like he just must be must have been like nailed it, nailed it, like so many times, and it's so bad. Like nothing lands. The only, like, literally the only thing that lands is Spall because he's acting, he's completely acting his brains out. And yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's if Anything no saves this movie, it's Timothy Spall. Yeah, oh my he...
1: god, I, I just like to bring up that scene where he's in the smoking room and he's talking about, oh, nobody smokes anymore, but I oh, do, so fuck him. And he just, he, he, he whips around a couple, a couple of flipped birds to this empty room. <laughs>
2: It's so good. He's and like, like, he's playing the most American you can be. <laughs> the 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 sort of like the only, I mean, this is a film that should have a ton of pathos, right? Like the whole point of the film should be pathos. It's like, oh, I can't be with my love. I can't, you know, my, my aunt is gone. My parents died in an explosion, which is kind of some <laughs> lazy writing. My parents died in an explosion. They grew up in an orphanage, except on the weekends where I got to go to my aunt's. <laughs> <Come again. laughs> but um but like it, it all should be pathos. It, it, every bit of it. And nothing has any emotional effect except for when Timothy Spall is fired and like can't believe it. Yeah. And like that moment where he's like he's struggling with it and like has to accept it in front of like and be humiliated in front of everyone. He just he navigates it so well. And it's like it's it's a little like it takes you out of the film because all the rest of the film is so fake. That all of a sudden someone is like presenting some real emotion. It's not uh, Adam's, uh, you know, magical black man friend on uh, <laughs> on the down world who's like, well, Adam, I don't know, but like
0: so he bad. Who also has the like the widest pant legs you've ever seen. Like you can only notice them in one shot, but it was weird.
2: He may he may as well have been the uh, the character from when Homer's watching uh, McBain in uh, in the video store and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like. His friend who goes, like, uh, who's like, well, McBain, I'm finally going to retire. Sail around on my boat to live forever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's just, no editor in the world would look at that and be like, yeah, this is a good character. Keep this in. Like, I'm pretty sure, like. There's a lot of stuff on the Wikipedia about how he, like, he had to produce it in a certain way so he could write and direct. But I'm pretty sure it's just because anytime he took it to a studio, they're like, <laughs> we need to do some serious rewrites. And he's like, no, it's perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah, like the production company is named, like, Upside Down Pictures, which is much like another Spall Talk appearance the of the Love Punch. Punch, which had its own, like, Love Punch LLC. <laughs> that's, the,
0: that's my first note is upside down films, like Love Punch. <laughs> uh,
1: also, okay, two things. First, I like that Adam's time at the orphanage is like uh, Dinesh D'Souza's uh, halfway house, where like, <laughs> where, like he gets to go out on the weekend. <laughs> and and second, that that moment where they where the guy gets on the intercom and is like, "Here are all the people we're firing today." That that's the only moment where this this company has any sort of like interesting corporate culture that's like trying to comment on something.
2: Yeah. The other the other moment is oh, you didn't give them the ingredient? And they're like, no, they're going to be mad when they find that out. It's like, yeah, any company would. They'd be really mad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they somehow did not, like,
2: get the main
1: ingredient. But at the same time, they are a company that just, like, hired him out of the blue, I assume, because he came to them and was like, hey, I've got this idea for a beauty cream. I'd like a job working in a laboratory cubicle. And they were like, okay. He's everybody's
0: grandpa. He walked up and just asked.
1: (laughs) And, and like, they don't even have, like, a contract they can hold him to once they find out he's not given them the main ingredient. So they have to kidnap him and rough him up in a car before just, like, throwing him out, before even asking for the main ingredient
2: the the thing that the, the the way that i rationalized that was they were like well we could get the main ingredient if he'd come to work but he's disappeared for 3 days <laughs> they're like well we don't have an address or anything on this guy he's a ghost
1: <laughs> well i that that is after he he tried to leave with bob's card it, it 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 started beeping oh bob's been fired and he just runs through the city so like i think they've had some idea that there's something up
2: like why is this guy just like <laughs> is Bob back in the building? Bob gives him his ID. He's like, nothing bad can happen about this. Uh, Companies love when you give your ID to random people in the company. But that's another thing. Like, like, this is something I would be remiss not to bring up. This company is like supposed to be, you know, the, the warning we get, Adam gets when he goes in is if you take anything out, you'll be fired on the spot and then taken to prison. And it's like, whoa, this is serious. Like, this is like one strict company. Um, and then like there's not a camera in the room that Adam is stealing all the material and putting it in. Uh, everyone leaves at once so you can just wander around the building at will with no security. And like they don't like they don't they don't seemingly like have contracts or any sort of background checks or <laughs> anything at all. They're just like they're flying completely by the seat of their pants and are somehow the most powerful company in the entire world.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. like they say, you're gonna be weighed every time you come in and out of the building. Guy who we've hired explicitly because he's working on a way to counteract the forces. Wait, wait, I mean, yeah,
2: like gonna be weighed in and out of the building, and immediately Adam goes, "Aha! Well, then I'll have to hide it inside the building." It's like, well, just like welcome to the Count of Monte Cristo. Like this is like <laughs> this is like the oldest trick in the book. What are you <laughs>
0: That's the one thing that really didn't make sense to me, is that they give him these incredibly rare, not rare, but incredibly, like, important, heavy, like, otherworld things, and then they just don't know what happens to them. They're like, Bugs. yeah, we give him a bunch of heavy blocks every day, and then we never get them back. And, you
2: know, oh, no. Yeah, Adam, have you seen those, uh, that, like, 23 heavy blocks we gave you? Like, oh, no, man, like, I used them. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, have you seen, um, you know, uh twice your body weight in in metal anywhere, because we can't see it
2: anywhere. (laughs) Can I add that I thought because like they 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 open up and they're like don't talk to people in the upper world too much like we don't want to create any sort of friendly camaraderie because we're not supposed to talk to each other which is Yeah amazing. and then they put him
1: on this floor where he is like literally <laughs> they're all above him and he can talk freely to them.
2: Yeah and and he talks like and they still try to keep it up like the, the 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 one manager's like well don't talk to me like you know just just as much as is necessary and then Bob is like his best friend so the whole time I was watching it in the back of my mind, I was like, is this a beautiful mind sort of moment? Is Bob fake? (laughs) (laughs) Because they would talk and no one would look at him or Bob talking. They all looked forward. I was like, is he not real? (laughs) (laughs) This movie is somehow not
0: even clever enough to do the, it's all a figment of your imagination
2: thing. Yeah, they to, they're just like, well, Bob is real. So the only way we can solve the Bob problem is by firing him.
1: Uh, and and like, I, I like Bob. how they completely solve Bob. the, uh, Bobbie. oh, Eden has amnesia. And it's not like a 51st States kind of thing where he has to like overcome her amnesia.
2: It just appears to
1: her in a dream.
2: Yeah, I keep having these dreams. I, I can't put them together. It's taken me, you know, 15 years to even get here. Oh, I met him and now I, it's, it's over. All that's over. It, it, it was pretty quick. She goes to one of the like amnesiacs anonymous meetings. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, did. that was
1: that, that was a that was a weird thing to have. It's like
0: <laughs> it's like he wrote or the 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 screenwriter wrote three fourths of a story, and then the due date was coming up, and they're like, "Shit, <laughs> I gotta finish all this." Uh, and so uh, then uh, it's fine, and then this one also turns out to be fine.
1: Uh, and and then and then they go to the final level of half-life and he has to jump on a bunch of free floating blocks <laughs> like like he is literally like a gravity platforming yeah. section in the middle of this
2: romance movie and there's like and it's in a zeppelin skeleton <laughs> it's like all of a sudden they just like jumped into a china meville novel and like <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we doing now? Are we in a Zeppelin? Like, were there Zeppelins all over the place? And now there's, like, a Zeppelin graveyard? Why is this here? <laughs> it, is this... Was this from the lower world and crashed, or from the upper world? I would assume it's from the upper world, but it hasn't burned up. It does, like, it doesn't... Nothing is explained.
1: Oh, uh, we, we found the Arcanum section of this world. <laughs> <laughs> Troika Games is upside down.
2: <laughs> it's just, like, if you saw it in a video game, you'd be like... Ugh this plot is awful, but the platforming's fine. Or, like, I kind of yeah. like the physics in this, but whatever. Like, literally, in, in the middle of the movie, I was like, a gravity gun would make this game make this game a little more fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, like, there are these concrete platforms suspended from chains for no reason.
2: Yeah, like, oh, well. Aesthetic. Yeah, just, like, it's... It's, it's, <laughs> it's like... It's like the it's upside-down world's version of, like, a Spiral Jetty. It's just, like, environmental <laughs> art. I, it's like it's like if in the middle of a
1: gunfight, they ran into a big field full of, like, chest-high barriers.
2: Charles Ray's over in the corner being like, Stop jumping on my work! <laughs>
1: Adam, press the action button!
2: <laughs> it's just like a little screen comes up at the beginning. It's like, Adam will be able to jump up in gravity, but don't get too close or he will go down. Adam, this is your
1: first sneaking mission. All inverse matter will have to be procured on site.
2: <laughs> Based on this movie's race relations, the uh, the the narration would be in that. Um, oh, what was that? That sneaking game. Uh, uh, now I'm not gonna remember. Splinter Cell? People, what, hmm. Splinter
0: Cell. No, I like it
2: was like a ninja know. sleeping game. It, it like. Uh, oh, never mind. It was terrible Asian accents though.
1: Uh, Mark anyway. of the Ninja. Or no.
2: Shinobi? No, earlier than that, uh, it was uh, a PlayStation game. Ninja Gaiden. No, no. Uh, uh, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Lot of games.
0: That's all the video games I know. I've named every one of them.
1: <laughs> uh, you haven't mentioned Katamari with which this is certainly not. God, it's no. a good game.
2: No, it's not. It's not. You no, know,
0: this sort of gravity physics would make a, a real fun game,
2: Katamari Demachi. <laughs> it's just so bad. I, like, I just, I can't get over how bad this game, this movie is. Like, it's just, (laughs) this game is. It's just, it's like, it's very, very bad. Oh, given
1: that Freudian Freudian slip, I am revising my sort of headcanon about this. This isn't based on an unpublished YA novel. This is an adaptation of an unpublished game. It's like a a PS3 platformer.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: It is, it it is,
0: like, it's like a late. The title sequence looks like a bunch of, like... Uh, cheap minimalist phones games that you can get on your phone. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, yeah, I mean this is this is like the abandoned Naughty Dog project.
2: Yeah. Oh, Tenchu Assassins. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I won't. I it, if you ever want to see like a really uh, offensive uh um, accent, I think it's in Tenchu too. Tenchu Wrath of Heaven. Uh, look up any of the tutorials in that. Uh, that's yeah. That's this movie. I, I yeah. I mean, it's like It, it is. It is so unimaginative. It's, like, every every bit of it is ripped off from something else badly. It's sort of like, um, it's, like, a really high-budget a... version of those, uh, those, like, weird, uh, uh, those weird movies, like, Transchangers or whatever, like, where they're, like...
1: It's a NaNoWriMo novel.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's, there you go. That's exactly right.
1: Oh, it's, like, that, uh, the, the Admiralty novel that that one guy wrote. <laughs> I agent of admiralty in like this far future where guns were never ex- invented so everyone has to master the
2: blade oh, 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 oh. yes it's like that it's like it, because the basic premise is the, the he wants to tell a romance story like he wants this romance story of like uh, you know can someone from can two people from different worlds fall in love but he also wants to tell a social commentary. He's like, "Well, the only way I can do this reasonably, I mean, there's no, there's nothing in the real world that's like that. Um, <laughs> I'll have to create a fantasy world, and the fantasy world just is is so poorly fleshed out because it's,
0: it's, it's guys,
2: just a, a, a.
0: I thought of this crazy idea for my novel. What if there was a group of people who had power over another group of people <laughs> and had an intense animosity of them for a largely arbitrary reason? Well, now, hang on. I have, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have a I have couple
2: notes. Do they live in different places? Because that would just be too much to believe. Ah, fuck. They do live in different
0: places. <laughs> I'll have to revise that. Maybe I'll make the places close together.
2: Oh, okay, I guess. But I, y- you'd have to come up with some place in the real world that's like that, and there's none.
0: That is true.
1: I
2: feel bad for Timothy.
1: I I will say, I will say one thing. In this movie's favor, it did not go the sort of weird, stalky way that it was threatening to go when he's, you know, (laughs) pretending to be Bob and, you know, doing all that sort of thing. It it doesn't go all the way with that, which is, uh, it's very light praise. It's very faint praise, and I do hope to damn it with that. But it is something at least a little bit praiseworthy that it, that it did not go the full creep.
2: It's it's like but the problem is that's one of the moments where like it solves the problem in a nonsense way where yeah. like she finds out he's not Bob and he's like she's she's so upset about it. She goes and cries. And then like in her dream, she's like, Adam,
1: Adam, yeah. I remember Adam. And it's like
2: Adam. you've created you've created that you've done the beat in the romantic comedy where after they get along really well, they have to break up a little bit. And instead of resolving it, a dream happens and nothing (laughs) has to change in either person. They're like, oh, right. We were in love for a while. (laughs) Sorry. Let's go back to that.
1: Uh, and, And like... I I like the scene where she finds out that he's actually Adam because he you know he's demonstrating this beauty cream and this is when the the sort of faux woke social commentary is in full effect and they're like oh could could we make could we make a version for Downworlders That's just one uh that's just that's just one version of the product at the absolute lightest concentration
2: <laughs> awful
1: <laughs> and and like he's on stage. And he he keeps he,
2: he starts trying to hide his face when she once he realizes she's in there. And she of course asks a question because she's not stupid. And he's like he's like oh I'm not Bob. And She runs out crying. Like, <laughs> what did you think would happen? She's a big she's a higher up in the company. You're putting the thing on like you're demonstrating the thing that you demonstrated to her. It's just not I don't know. Sturgis is awful in this film.
1: <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. I I haven't seen him in much else i i remember seeing across the universe like a decade ago and i don't remember his performance in that but but i want to believe this isn't entirely his fault
2: Ugh, i don't know he brings nothing to the table
1: because like the rest of the movie is so bad it 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 feels like at least in some part his performance is a failure on the part of the director
2: yeah and i guess like one of the things that shocked me about that was even though her performance was extremely wooden and like I wasn't at all interested in it. I still found Kirsten Dunst charming. Like I kind of liked her character, and I was like, well, she seems cool. Like I I I I find her appealing in some level. Like I I kind of like I want to like her. I want to know more about her. And but like Sturgess's character, you just you just hate, and not even hate. It's just like who is this? Why is this person on my screen?
0: He's like a much younger version of the dude from Train. <laughs> Yeah, he does dress like every indie dude from, like, the early uh, 2010s.
1: My comparison was going to be, like, take Dane DeHaan and make him, and, and like, take away the the interesting thing about Dane DeHaan, which is his, like, weird sunken eyes.
2: Yeah, there's nothing distinctive about him. He's like Brandon Routh, but worse. (laughs) My dude is literally just Jesse McCartney.
1: (laughs) He's, like, like an American apparel version
2: of Jake Gyllenhaal. He's Andrew Garfield, except he doesn't, like, he doesn't look a little bit like he has a wasting disease.
0: <laughs> okay, I did a quick Google search and Jesse McCartney is not the guy I thought he was.
1: Oh. Man. You've made that reference, like, three times,
2: Damn.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really goofed on this one.
1: Neil's Jesse McCartney that's the guy who sang Beautiful Soul, right?
0: I don't fucking know. You're the one Googling yeah, him. It says so right now. It's from That's So Raven.
1: All right, I, I think I think we have covered all we can really cover about this movie, so let's move on to our Spall ratings. The way this works is we have three ratings, out of five for the movie, out of five for Timothy Spall's performance, and out of five for Spall fashion, the fashion of Timothy Spall's character. Trevor,
2: as our guest, would you like to go first? Sure, of course. Um, So in terms of the movie, I I can't really give it above a two. I think I'll give it a two for... I mean, it's a co- it's a movie. It's cohesive. If you want to watch a stupid movie, it's there. But it's not it's not even really interesting enough to to hate watch or to watch for like kind of the interesting plot elements. Like I mentioned Inception before, and I thought when I first watched Inception, I thought it was brilliant. I probably wouldn't call it brilliant anymore, but I would still say it's fun to watch Inception because the thought behind Inception, even if like some of the stuff doesn't hold up, the consideration of the world is cool. Like it's something you might want to, you know, watch play out this. I would not give it that. So I give it to, and that's just a kindness because I feel like in some way there was an intention here that didn't bear out. I'm just trying to be nice. Spall like five. I thought he was tremendous. Um, I really had no complaints about his performance, and it was the only thing that kept me going. Uh, And when I thought he was out of the movie, I was devastated. Uh, And then he comes back. Oh, same. I was just like, oh no, oh no, (laughs) this is going to be the longest movie ever.
1: Quick Um, thing, if you like Inception, there's a little movie you can watch that's basically Inception but good. And that's Satoshi Kon's Paprika.
2: Oh, yeah, there you go. I mean, like, I, there's like a million movies like that, though. Paprika, um, there's, uh, if you're not an anime person, there's, like, um, you could watch uh, Primer. Uh, that's a weird movie with a lot of, like, bizarre science in it that people try and figure out. I mean, there's, like, there are movies like this all over the place. This is, like, a, a genre. Um, and, and this isn't, I mean, this isn't careful in any way. Um, it's not It's not serious, let's say that. Um, it's 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 trying to be hard sci-fi, but... Doesn't even really do an attempt, but I would say for the spa fashion, um, I'm gonna give it a four uh, because I love the I love what he wears in this movie. Um, I think and I think like him smoking in a an overstuffed chair in a smoking lounge that no one goes to is pretty brilliant. Um, and I like that he uh, appears in like a weird robe to both Adam and Eda, um, sort of like he's God and then, like. <laughs> Once they know about evil, they're going to be a little embarrassed by the fact that he's nearly nude. But right now, it's not a bad deal. Um, but uh, he, I would say, like, it's, it's uh, my, my demerit comes from the fact that he, um, there's not a lot of variety. All right. Uh,
1: Eric?
0: All right. Uh, for the film as a whole, I'm going to put it at two spalls uh, because this was bad, but I didn't hate it, which ranks it above. Some other movies that I could mention.
2: Sounds like you guys have, like, a a pretty rough history because of this podcast. Oh, boy.
1: It's a mixed bag, but there's a lot of good stuff in it.
0: That is mm-hmm. true. There's some really good ones. And there's also Jack Boots on Whitehall, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my fucking like,
1: life. Like, for every Appaloosa, there's an 1871.
0: 1871 was so good. I also really liked Wake Wood, which I know you weren't as as big of a fan of.
1: I, I'm just not a horror person, so, like, I understand why you like it, person. but it's something owned. I cannot do. Whoa. Yeah, you Riddle. got owned. Anyway,
0: <laughs> so two Spalls for the film itself. Timothy Spall, 5 out of 5. He's killing it. Great job. The Spall fashion, um... Okay, so a bit of background. When I was in high school, I had this teacher for U.S. History. His name was Mr. Kanoi, and since he was the uh, girls' basketball coach, he was not interested in teaching. So what he would do on Fridays to get out of actually teaching, he would do this thing called Friday Faves, where we would all go around and say our favorite thing in a given category. He'd be like, all right, favorite movie of the oh, that is variety. Lazy. And then we would all go around and say our favorite movie. Or you'd be like, all right, did we already do uh, Favorite Place to Get French Fries? And we'd be like, yeah, Mr. Kanoi, that was the first one that we did. And you'd ask <laughs> us every fucking week. So, so that's what Friday Faves is. Today at work, in talking with some of my coworkers, I, we came up with a new thing, which is a Monday Mabes. Which is uh, things that you're kind of on the fence about. You're like, eh, maybe. I don't know, though. Timothy Spall's outfit is a definite Monday May before me. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. Three out of five. All
1: right. Uh, So for the film itself, I'm gonna agree with you guys. It's it's two Spalls. It it doesn't look diseased like Alice in Wonderland does, but it is not an actual entertaining experience. It is it is at best inoffensive. For Spall himself. Like we get into this a lot, where we talk about, oh, uh, is it fair to like consider like the material he's given in evaluating a given small role? And this is a case where he is given absolute dog shit and turns it into gold. This is a definite five. He is he is the best thing in this movie by far. And for small fashion, I I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a three because you know it's mostly just sort of like. It's mostly just sort of functional, like work clothing or like being around the house clothing. It's nice, but it's not something particularly exceptional like that. Like the the jacket that we started the uh, small fashion category for that that coat from a series of unfortunate events with the, the zigzags. Like wow. nothing in here that I would that I would cop, but like but like very like it, it, it works. It does not detract from anything. Okay. All right, and let's move on to our recommendations. Uh, Trevor, would you like to go first since you've got a uh, guest's privilege?
2: Sure, I will I will go first. Um, I, I'll have to confess, I didn't really prepare recommendations ahead of time, but I, I've come up with a, a couple. Um, I didn't actually know this was a thing. Maybe I didn't read chat well enough. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I do have to recommend um, uh, this uh, game I've been playing for, uh, for no cartridge, but uh, just in general, too. It's this um, RPG Maker game. Uh, called off and it's it's really interesting it's a it's it's a cool game the aesthetic is very um i don't know it's very compelling it's kind of like uh it's spooky uh there's a game that's free on on uh, PlayStation 4 this month called Claire which i thought was not very effective um and I think Off is super effective in the way it wants to be. It's short. It's fun. It's like a classic RPG in, in uh, I don't know, in, in effect. You play as a baseball player who has to use his bat to beat up ghosts. It's, isn't, um, isn't it
1: a cricket player? Cause he's got, well, it like, might a be. Yeah, you know
2: what? It probably is. Uh, he's styled like a baseball player, but he's called the batter. And it is a French game, so he could be a cricket player, actually, now that, he's, and now that you mention it. Yeah. Um, in any case, a- anyway, that sort of works itself out. It is, it is, um, it's a really fun game. It's worth playing and it's free. Uh, so I would suggest that uh, if it doesn't work on your computer, here's what I did: change all the MP3s to Waves, and it will work on your computer. <laughs> um, which is obnoxious, but now you know. Um, the other thing I'll recommend: I'll, I'll go, I'll go full, um, full embarrassing on this. Uh, you know, I could recommend any of the podcasts that. Um, i really uh like and i know other people like like uh like your kickstarter sucks which is uh, a brilliant and funny <laughs> podcast um that's a great
1: one i i just got into it recently after the the big to do with jesse and uh charlie <laughs>
2: kirk <laughs> yeah no it's 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 good yeah then you have a lot to listen back to too um yeah, that's a brilliant podcast. And, and the most recent episode has a story from Mike, uh, Mike Hale, Dog Boner, that is, um, if you've listened to other previous episodes, like their Halloween episodes, uh, you'll kind of know where it's going. Um, but it is, uh, even when I knew it was where it was going, when they hit me with the punchline, I just tackled in my car. And it's not something I usually do. <laughs> so um, yeah, they're great. Uh, Jesse's uh, Twitch stream, Go Off Kings, is great too. So anything Jesse Farrar for for me uh, for sure. But also to kind of just like lean into you know the the honest emotional content of this film. Um, I've, I've actually really been enjoying uh, the No Sleep podcast, um, which uh, I just, I have kind uh, of like
0: had a thing in Kent a couple days ago. Oh
2: really? Ooh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, um,
2: oh, are you, are you a Kent? Kent State? Yeah, Kent
1: State oh, cool, man. man. Oh. I,
2: uh, yeah, I yeah I he, there.
1: he, he broke the, he broke, like, a, a big story about, like, the Kent State Diaper Ghazi thing, with the turning point. Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: Uh, Minecraft nice. Steve himself, which is the alias he used to be on my show, uh, came on Funcast Berlin, and we, uh, talked about it, and we found out that it could have been way worse than it actually was. Huh, yeah,
1: Minecraft
2: Steve was, like, the guy in the diaper. Oh, no. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that one. That's incredible. I didn't know that. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's – so I kind of have a love-hate relationship with uh, Creepypasta. Most of it's terrible, but – It's um, a Monday I... made for you? <clears throat> yeah, it's a Monday made in a lot of ways, but, like, when I actually get into one, it's a Friday fave. Um, I, I talked a little bit about the, the – um, with uh, Scott Benson, who did – um. Uh, Night in the Woods, and, like it's the same thing for me. Like that, he he he's sort of the same way. Like when one hits, it hits. Um, and I listened to No Sleep because I was like, well, let's see what this is about. And it's it's like a really it's a really well done podcast. Like all the voice actors are very good. They basically do like old radio play styles of these creepy pastas in not a kitschy way. And um, I don't know, it's just it's it's really fun. Uh, so if you like, you know, storytelling uh it's not always even because they you know they use stuff from reddit no sleep so those are either good or bad but you know it, it's all at least listenable it's all at least decent ones they don't pick terrible ones um and it's fun so i've really been enjoying that and there's a huge backlog so that's been that's been good for me no sleep huh
1: Have they gotten into brooklyn yet
2: i don't know if they've gone to brooklyn yet it's freaking brooklyn hipsters no sleep
1: till brooklyn
2: oh uh, i get it i thought you were making a i thought yeah. you were making a YKS <laughs> joke
0: about, uh... So oh. they so the No Sleep podcast, I've heard that they have their foot on the pedal, but is it true that they're never ever false metal?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. Uh, so I mean, those are those are probably my recs recs for this week. I think a video game and a podcast are probably what everyone wants. I could give you novels and stuff too, but uh, you know, no one really, no one really follows me for the literary criticism, even though I have a PhD in that.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, I am gonna recommend two movies. Uh, the first one is gonna be a movie that kind of does the like sort of uh science fictiony fantasy sort of vibe much better than this does. And that is the uh, Alex Proyas film Dark City from the uh, mid-90s. It's one of Roger Ebert's favorite movies and, you know, well-deserved. The, the director's cut in particular is fantastic. It takes out a big speech at the beginning explaining the, the sort of premise of the world. And taking that out just sort of lets the sort of, sort of semi-noir vibe flow better. But so it's basically this guy wakes up in a bathtub... And he doesn't know what's happening. And, uh, you know, he's sort of going around this world trying to figure out what's going on. And he meets this sort of scientist played by Kiefer Sutherland doing a... Um, uh, ah,
2: you know. uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Peter Lorre?
1: Yeah, yeah, Peter Lorre. That, that's the guy I'm thinking of. He's doing this sort of Peter Lorre impression as a sort of scientist who works with this mysterious organization. And it, it hits the sort of uh, odd sort of sense of place much better than this does. And the other movie I'm going to be recommending is a film that Eric does not like very much, uh, Moulin Rouge, the Baz Luhrmann musical starring it's Ewan bad. McGregor and Nicole Kidman, which, even even though Sucks. I will admit a lot of the comedy bits with John Leguizamo are not great, I think Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman... What? John
0: Leguizamo doesn't pull it off? <laughs> I would pull off my fingernails before I watched that movie again.
1: <laughs> but, but even even though, I, I think Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman are a, a much more believable pair of star-crossed lovers who are, you know, separated by the, the sort of social situation they live in. They are much more convincing in that role than Jim Sturgis and Kirsten Dunst here.
0: That's not even the best Baz Luhrmann movie about star-crossed lovers.
1: <laughs> you're a, you're a Romeo plus Juliet defender. I was talking about Australia.
2: I was I would actually defend Romeo plus Juliet. I think that's a good movie. I, Decent film. I Decent was not film. talking about Australia. I've never seen it.
1: I'm just not As a big a fan group. of like early Leonardo DiCaprio.
2: Hey, I Mercutio is what makes that movie. The Mercutio, who's who I think is played by the character, it might be played by the same guy who is the the sort of poet from Oz. I huh. Vaguely remember them being the same. They kind of play the same character, so maybe that's what I'm thinking. But um, very good, uh, very good Mercutio, and I think John Leguizamo's in it too.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he is one of Romeo's uh, crew tibble? of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he is Tibble. I have not seen that movie since, like, high school, so I, I I have positive feelings about it, but I am not willing to make a strong statement about it.
2: Fair enough. Can I tell a Peter Laurie story? Oh, absolutely. So my grandmother uh, grew up in uh, Patterson, New Jersey. For a while, she was I
0: Like uh... that guy Patterson.
2: Yeah, there you go. Uh, just like— <laughs> But the, he, the, the bear uh, she, who lives in Patterson, New Jersey. Oh yeah, what Patterson is... Station. Yeah, he likes he likes marmalade, uh, just like they do in Patterson. But um, he uh, she um, she worked at this uh, supermarket for a while as a as a cashier, and she uh, one day Peter Laurie, um <laughs> Peter Laurie came into her aisle um, like she was just buying groceries, um, and she goes, "Wow, you're Peter Lorre. and he goes, "Yes," and she goes, "You got fat." That was my grandmother's interaction with Peter
1: Laurie. (laughs) Eric, your recommendation? Well,
0: uh, my first recommendation, I was inspired by a recommendation of Moulin Rouge. So I uh, also recommended a movie that this movie reminded me of, even though it is incredibly cringy and poorly put together and uh, overall kind of sucks. That movie... See, uh, we we talked a lot about the sort of um, progression from the uh, Hot Topic stage into the Zoomy stage. Uh, If you would like to regress, then uh, (laughs) you can watch this movie and then backtrack by watching Repo, the Genetic Opera, which is to, I would guess, 2006, what this movie is, to 2012. Um, Much like that is, uh, I uh, just read In Owl City... You know, I just listened to an Owl City album and I'm going to write an Ana Rimo. This movie is uh, I just listened to My Chemical Romance and I'm going to write about it on Live Journal.
1: You're actually only two years off. It's 2008.
2: Damn. Well, oh, the idea of going back to 2006 or 2008 is just. It just oh. made me shudder. So these
0: were both <laughs> Obama election year movies.
1: Let's go back to 2008 and watch uh, 2012 Obama's America. Uh, <laughs> Uh, an American Carol and Expelled No Intelligence Allowed. Just... Okay,
0: hold the fuck up. You're thinking of 2016 Obama's America, which came right, out in right, 2012.
1: Right, right, right. I, I, I kind of assumed I assumed he had, like, a, a, a one before that. I might be thinking of, like, Dreams from My Real Father.
2: <laughs> I don't know that one. Neither have I. I'm looking at Owl City tweets to try and own you, Eric, and now it's uh, just like it's just ads for his stuff.
1: Dreams from My Real Father is also a 2012 movie. It's it's about uh frank marshall davis it's <laughs> it's advocating the theory that frank marshall davis was obama's real dad
2: Mm-hmm. sure of course
0: yeah anyway and my other recommendation is uh supporting your friends and uh letting them know that you appreciate them
2: oh well i appreciate you guys for having me on
0: well, thanks we appreciate you too
2: we oh, support thanks. you for coming on the show <laughs> I got. I got to tell you, this Owl City feed is brutal. Uh, one of it is just what his most recent joke tweet is just the lyrics from Monster Mash, which is like a much worse version of that runt tweet. Um, <laughs> hope jobs and cash.
1: <laughs> hope jobs and cash. Ah. <laughs> <jobs> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, speaking of Runt, I would just like to give a little mini recommendation for the, the podcast he does, like, engineering for Splania with, mm. uh, Rachel Millman and Kath Barbaduro. It, it's a very fun wrestling podcast. Even if you're not into wrestling, they, they sort of, go about it in a very fun and engrossing way.
2: Yeah, uh, Kath and Rachel are really fun. Uh, I, I met them at a, uh, the show I did with Chapo. I met, uh, Rachel and Kath and, uh, Nate and, uh, Kath didn't know who i was so she just thought i was enthusiastically saying hello uh, <laughs> and she looked very taken aback and was like, and then later she was like was that you and i was like yeah <laughs> but uh i don't hold it against her she's still very funny uh good person uh and wrestles is great for sure uh
1: their, their episode on the golden lovers is, in particular is is chef kiss
2: i haven't heard that one yet but i'm going to have to yeah
1: it's like a, the third episode it's it's a really great one uh now that we've gone through all our recommendations it's time to mosey on along
2: trevor where can we find you on the online uh you know uh i would say the two places you should look for me are um at my twitter uh, at hegelbon h-e-g-e-l-b-o-n and um uh at the no cartridge site so no-cartridge.net um and you can find my podcast just search no cartridge on um itunes i don't tell enough people to rate review and we're like you know, all that stuff. So it doesn't, I, I don't know how, I don't know where it's ranked or anything. So you might have to search a little bit, but um, yeah, it should be on there just at our 70th episode today. So it's, uh, it's definitely getting up there in terms of age. Um, but those would be the two places. I think you can look at my academia.edu. If you want to read my articles or whatever.
1: <laughs> all right. Eric, where can we find you? Uh, y'all can
0: find me on the online at Eric is a joke. You can also listen to my show. Funk house, Berlin uh, at funk house, Berlin on Twitter.
1: The highest uh, rated consi- political comedy program in the history of the spoken word.
0: I think they'll find us the highest rated political talk program in the history of the spoken word, and that is consistently. Um, <laughs> that's that's our tagline. Uh, you can also, while you're at Black Squirrel Radio, you can check out our podcast department, which this is uh, just one of. You can also listen to my uh, one of my passion projects, Black Squirrel Radio's Greatest Misses, a series of one-off podcasts that uh, didn't do particularly well. And so we're releasing them from the vault for your enjoyment. We just today put up The Sopraninos, where a group of people from our podcast departments inhaled helium and then read from the pilot of The Sopranos.
2: That sounds good. So I check that one well. out.
0: What? That didn't yeah, do well? Yeah, there were a few reasons we didn't uh, do it. First of all, Helium is, is more expensive than you might think, and also, uh, you can get kind of headachy after a while. So uh-huh. yeah, check yeah, out that podcast. That it's sense. a lot of fun.
1: You can also find on Black Radio's Greatest Misses our first and so far only spinoff, Spill Talk.
0: Yeah, that was a little experiment I did where I was going to record a podcast every time I spilled something. <laughs> Turns out, that's not, uh, yeah, not a, not a good idea. <laughs> good, good it was it not though.
1: great for your social life.
0: Not at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and oh, you can oh. find me at F-U-C-K-I-N-A-L-P-A-M-A-R-E. And in my pinned tweet, you can find a link to my uh, short story collection, Mark My Words, It Might Be Something Someday, which you can download for free or pay me money for. And I've not been able to find a way to get itch.io to actually get me the money that people have paid me. So maybe maybe just go for free but anyway that's all for now spall is life
2: spall is life and that that
0: that's spall folks